Hi, and welcome to No Crying in Baseball, episode 109. Be better than this. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. Does that mean that you're raising our expectations? We have to be better this week? After 108 episodes, 109th has to be better than this. We're better every week. Yeah. I'm sure of it. And if we're not, please keep that to yourselves. We don't need to know that. But please rate and review when we feel when you feel like we are better. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, those, those are the times to do those ratings when we're getting better, which right now it's going to start, right? On today's show, we can't avoid the Astro sign stealing, so we're going to talk about that. We also can't quit coma. Gabe Kapler goes to the Giants, and it's not pretty. In fact, it's kind of ugly. We're going to talk salaries and a related vocabulary lesson about qualifying offers. There is some groundbreaking branding happening in the minor leagues pretty close to where we hang out. There's an upset in the Premier 12. We're going to end with some shameless begging and some cross-training with the National Hockey League's gold songs. First, we're going to go with the Astros stealing signs. I'm sure you have heard something, if not a whole bunch about this, but we are going to lay the groundwork to make sure everybody's up to speed. Okay, then we're going to build on that. This is this accusation is for the Astros stealing catcher signs in the 2017 season. This is not this year. This is not this World Series. This is this is the regular season in 2017. The accusation made by Mike Fires of the A's. You remember him of the wacky cat's tail beard from a few weeks ago. Oh, that guy. That guy. And three other people who were with the Astros organization. Fires was with the Astros during that season. He has since we moved on to the Tigers and now the A's since then. And he told both of those teams when he started with them, this is what the Astros are doing. So it wasn't a secret. He told them because he wanted people to know. One of the reasons he wanted people to know is because he's worried about young pitchers just starting out, getting clobbered by cheating happening, and then getting sent down because they're unsuccessful, even though it wasn't really their fault, right? The batter was tipped off. Here's how the batters are being tipped off. Can I tell you about this? Yeah, please do. Can, can I just ask, though? So uh-huh. if he told them about this that long ago, why hasn't anybody said anything outside of those organizations? Did they want it to use it as their advantage that they know the secret and nobody else does? Well, that's a good question. I think there are plenty of people. Well, let me talk about Danny Farquhar, too. Okay. Um, our pal Danny Farquhar, who was with the White Sox at the time, heard what was happening. And Well, okay, let me describe what was happening. And yeah. then we'll go back to Danny because that will make more sense. All right. So it was high tech and low tech. There was a camera out in center field at Minute Maid Park aimed at the catcher's fingers. As you know, the catcher puts down signs to tell the pitcher what pitch he'd like the pitcher to throw. The pitcher can nod and say, yep, or shake it off and they'll move on to another sign. Now, when there's a guy on second base, that runner is always trying to steal the signs. And that's kind of fair. That's like you figuring things out as a player and being observant. What the Astros did instead, they had a camera in center field that was hooked to a monitor that was placed just inside the dugout tunnel next to the Astros dugout that was showing real-time feeds. The person in there who was watching that feed sometimes was a player, sometimes other uniformed officials, always somebody from the Astros. If they saw a sign for an off-speed pitch, curveball, breaking ball, something off-speed, they would bang a trash can. And it was loud enough that the batter can hear it. There have been so many good memes about this, by the way. Like, just look for the trash can stuff. Really cool. Right? And... 
there are now that people are aware of this, they've gone back and played the tape, mm-hmm. and you can hear, you can hear it happening, and you you can watch the actual signals from the catcher, and then hear the bang. It's like, nope, no signal. This 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 is going to be a fastball. No bang. Right? Yeah, so, John Boy on Twitter, J O M B O Y, has one with with closed captions because it is kind of hard to hear, but he like emphasizes so that you know what to listen for at those yep. times. Yep, and it's really helpful and it's really obvious when you are paying attention f- to it, right? So Danny Farquhar is on the mound with the White Sox, right? Um, pitching in Minute Maid Park, and he sort of started picking up on it, and finally he just looked around and walked right off the mound. And walked over to his catcher and he's like, all right, what's going on? We got to change the signs. And he said later he was mad that none of the umpires or the media, nobody came up to him and said, what's going on? Like, I think he wanted to be asked. I think he didn't want to be the neener neener guy. But he thought that his reaction to it was obvious that something was wrong and he couldn't believe that nobody asked about it. So I find this fascinating. So. Since 2017, if you remember the Red Sox Apple Watch scandal of 2017 about stealing signs using an Apple Watch, that was investigated immediately. It was determined that it was the team, but not the front office. So it was definitely concentrated at the team level, and it wasn't directed by the owner or the general manager Mm -hmm. or anybody like that. And they were fined, and everybody moved on. But one of the ways the league moved on was Rob Manfred said, okay, this can't go on. Here are rules. There are rules about you can't have you can't steal signs electronically. Your guy on second can figure it out. That's freaking awesome. That's like a talent. That's great. Right. But none of this electronic stuff because it's not equal, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he said, "All right, so the Red Sox got off with a manageable fine." And he said, "Okay, it's going to be a lot more serious in the future, and the punishments may include loss of draft picks." Now is our chance to see if that's really going to happen. Right now, the GMs are having their their annual meeting. And one of the things they're doing is clarifying rules for scouts. This was some other news that happened this week. There were emails that were leaked to the media from scouts or former scouts from the Astros organization, where the front, front office said, Help us figure out how to steal signs. You're sitting in the stands. You can see the dugouts. What do we need to do to be able to steal the signs coming in from the dugout? Was this like a hypothetical or did these scouts have an idea that they were actually doing this? Well, what? they they I don't some of or them may have done it, but they it. didn't necessarily do it, but it was very it was explicit that okay. you need to help us figure this out. Like are we going to need cameras? All right, like what what hmm. do we need to make this work? It couldn't be more explicit and a lot of the scouts were like we can't do this. These are our, our reputations are at stake. Now scouts are able to, in some parks, videotape what they're watching because they're using it for scouting. They're going to review it later. They don't share it with the dugout. So one of the things that's happening at the GM meetings right now is they're clarifying those rules because the videos they take are useful post-game. They're useful for scouting purposes, but different parks have different rules. If In some parks, if there's a scout with a camera, with a video camera, they're tossed out. You can't have that camera here. In other parks, it's fine. So the GMs are trying to figure out how, what's the rule for scouts because it's a different purpose. They're not conveying that information to the dugout. Um, the current investigation that Major League Baseball is doing started with the whole um, Brandon Traub thing with the, the horrible and appropriate comments to the female journalists. So the Astros are doing really well this season when it comes to a little bit of scandal here and there. Right. 
Remember, they had the scandal with um, the free press, with the Detroit free press, with Justin Verlander. Mm -hmm. And now they may be expanding this particular investigation with Brandon Trump because they're going to have him in for questioning anyway. So they may widen what they ask him about to include how far up did this go? Did this come from the top? They said, "Okay, here's how we're going to win. We're going to cheat. So apparently initially started with one batter and a coach saying, I need to get better. And they figured out a plan, and then it grew, and then a bunch of players were using it, but not all the players. I I know a couple of people who have been implicated who are being investigated, and that's Carlos Beltran, the new manager of the Mets, who we talked about was the the, um, veteran player who got added to the Astros roster that season and did a lot of coaching of the younger players. And it's really sad to think that it maybe went in that direction because he's being accused of sort of masterminding part of the system I've heard, but Alex Cora also, as the bench coach there, has been mentioned. And of course, that's near and dear to my heart with uh, Red Sox management. But, you know, no, we don't have all the facts. We'll see what they come up with. Yeah, both these guys are, are you know, we're big fans of both of them. Yeah. And they're being implicated as being part of the group of people who worked out the plan to make this happen. Which makes it sound a little bit worse. Just like the, yeah. that you're part of the design of it. Right. But we, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. You know, the, a lot of people have been commenting about it, including poor Yu Darvish. So Yu Darvish was pitching for the Dodgers at the time. And this is the Astros-Dodgers World Series in 2017. And the Astros actually actively said that he was tipping pitches. So mm-hmm. they accused him of, of tipping pitches, which is, you know, why they hit so well off of him in game seven. And it really bothered him because he couldn't figure out what he was doing. And he went to the tape and tried to figure out what he was doing to tip and couldn't figure it out. So now he's kind of saying, well, maybe this had something to do with it. But in, in sort of a humble way, he's really blaming himself for game seven, because he also said they're just damn good players. And so he said, because of this, it's made him improve a lot in the past couple of years. Um, so enter Bleacher Nation, who took a line out of Yu's YouTube, you, his YouTube, you white, you know, the regular YouTube, although I think he could start a YouTube, that would be just <laughs> great. But he did a YouTube uh, video <laughs> where he explained this whole thing. And he had a, a sentence in there that alluded to something that happened in a Cubs-Brewers game where he noticed the gaze of the batter and he stepped off the mound. And so Bleacher Nation went back to it and apparently it was an at-bat with Christian Yelich. And several times it looked like he was looking in a direction in the outfield, I don't remember which side of it, And Darvish got off the mound because the batter's not looking at him. And usually when a batter is waiting for the ball to come, they're looking at the pitcher the whole time. So you said, I'm not, and you, Darvish, not you, you didn't say this. I had no part in this. You, Darvish, said, I'm not sure what he's trying to do. But to be clear, his eyes move first. That's why I step off. And then he said, but that's not mean Brewers stealing signs. So you Darvish was known for uh, not speaking English for a while, but but look at him. He's making a huge effort and he's tweeting in English and especially tweeting. He was not doing in English. And of course, he got a lot of shit for that, including from Christian Yelich himself, not correcting his grammar, but saying, be better than this. Nobody needs help facing you, 
which is kind of a dig. And it came out. It's definitely a dig. Yeah. There's, <laughs> like, there's no doubt. Right. No, no kind Basically, of. like, you know, we, we lit you up. This was right after Yelich was snubbed for MLB, the MVP, one of those M's and with some other letters that and he was, you know, didn't get MVP again, even though a lot of people wanted him to. So maybe he was feeling a little grumpy a couple of days later. I don't know. It uh, could be that he didn't like being accused and felt like yeah. no matter maybe it's like, oh, yeah, sorry, not sorry. Like, oh, right. you know, oh, I sorry, I didn't mean that. But I did say these words out there that did sound like that. And really, maybe he was looking at a, a, a very attractive fan, say, in mm-hmm. left center. He could have been. He could have been. Right? But if he had stopped to just be better than this, mm-hmm. like, that would be fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could have done that. But then he had to, like, dig, like, you were sucking and we hit off you anyway. We've seen him shotgun a beer. We know that, you know. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's serious. But then my boyfriend, so in, in the – um. The construction of this, we're, we're dealing with a baseball boyfriend here, your guy, Christian Yelich, who you picked with our baseball boyfriend thing that will be coming back at you soon. Stay tuned, listeners, because this is when we pick special guys, one from each team, and find something really cool about him. So you had Yelich, and a couple years ago, I had Josh Donaldson, who said to Yelich, I could use some help off him, what you got? <laughs> so... Thank you, Josh. Like, giving some credit. I mean, you, Darvish, is, he's had ups and downs, but he's an amazing pitcher. And then you feels bad. And he said, easy, man. I'm not say you're our stealing signs. And then instead of deleting that tweet, he corrected his own grammar and wrote, you are, with a frowny face. Like, sort of like, please, I'm really trying to explain. And he said, that's not mean Brewer's stealing signs. I said this right, with a question mark and another frowny face. So he's trying to explain, like, I'm not saying that you are stealing signs. I was just... I don't know exactly what he's he was saying. That he's at. stealing signs. He straight up is. They're, all right. He straight up is. Well, you. He's, he's being adorable. He's and, being adorable about it and adorable but about it. But maybe he's, he's not, absolutely saying it. Maybe he's saying that that's why I kept getting off the mound. And maybe mm-hmm. he's saying I thought it was at the time, but now I realize it's not. I don't know. Then why bring it up? Because he's because he's excusing himself from the whole Astro thing and saying I'm hyper vigilant about this now. Maybe that's it. Like I'm I'm that's totally fair. looking for stuff because this fucked me one time. I don't know. I thought the best comment on Twitter though was this guy Ryan Thomier. I'm not sure who he is, but he said Christian Yelich is the Jim Jordan of baseball in the middle of these impeachment hearings. I thought that was kind of cute. I don't. All right. <laughs> well, that's your boyfriend, but you know, I, I got to give you huge points on on a huge by the way. Your uh, White Sox boyfriend Daniel Parka is pa- Palka Parka. Who I earned not, not one not one point from not one point. But thank you. You're adorable. But he's so cool because he just wins Twitter. He has just go to his Twitter feed. He says there was that whole bring a date to Home Depot, which you totally gave a thumbs up upon. And then he can't figure out what a casserole is. I'm not sure why that's news. And he tweeted that elephants can swim. You can learn a lot from your boyfriends. Yeah. So he's he's definitely an interesting guy. Even though the accusations were all about 2017, the Nationals were taking no chances with this in the World Series. And they came up in like just days. I mean, this is how they spent their, you know, they swept the Cardinals. They had a couple extra days to get ready for the World Series. <laughs> what they spent that time doing, I think, was memorizing signs because they had a very complicated set yep. of signs because they did not want to be caught up. They didn't want the Astros to have any advantage 
over them whatsoever. And they talked about how how they would switch up the signs and it made my brain explode. So may I just say pitchers and catchers are super smart to keep all of this straight. That is crazy. And there's got to be some other people involved. It's like everything the Nationals touch this year is magic. Oh, like what? Like, like their what theme song, Calma, which we've talked about in the past. It's this reggaeton song. Can you that, sing it to us? Oh, God, I can't. Okay. I, I Mostly, yeah, no, there are many reasons why I can't sing that. But maybe Brian but Dozier can. Brian Dozier can. And he can do it with no shirt. And he can do it really well. So that was part of the the party stuff that we'd been talking about. And Pedro Capo, the the guy who wrote the song, got the Latin Grammy Song of the Year for Kama. And it gets even more magical. It was on his birthday. Way to go. So it's the song that won the World Series. The World Series won the song. He got it on his birthday. Sean Doolittle tweeted about it and said he expected Dozier to dance up on stage. And it was, uh, he did this really sweet tribute. He brought a couple of his song collaborators up to the stage with him. And the weird part is, I think it was the drummer, this guy Joey Santiago, who was another collaborator on the song, died a year ago, a heart attack on Facebook Live. Good I can't God. believe I didn't hear about this. What? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Oh, it's so horrible. So he said, you know, this is for him and, oh. and tributed to him. So there's just, I don't know, magic in the air. One of the manager hires that happened already, I think, are we done? Wait, there's maybe one or two more. Oh, yeah, there's one or two more to go. Mm-hmm. So um, Gabe Kapler, recently of the Phillies, has gone to the Giants. And so far, it is not going well. Fans are pissed. I'm sure not all the fans are pissed, but a lot of fans are pissed. I don't blame them. I thought it was a pretty shit move. All right. Here's a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is he doesn't really ha- didn't have a great record with the Phillies. All right. If you remember, like he was there for two years. His first year was really laden with bad calls and uh, complicated. Like, he wasn't ready for prime time yet. And even with Bryce Harper, couldn't make him win. Exactly. That's a really big deal. The bigger deal in the world of no crying in baseball, Mm -hmm. thankfully, when Gabe Kapler had his welcome press conference with the Giants, it didn't take more than a hot minute for the journalist to start asking him about the assault cover up that he was a part of when he was the director of player development for the Dodgers in 2015. Can I tell you a little bit more about that? Please do. So the Dodgers farm system playing in, I believe, Arizona at the time. There were uh, there's a young girl involved who was with a couple of the players and got severely inebriated and passed out and apparently was assaulted when she passed out and then was also beaten up, I believe, by another woman who was there. I mean, it was a bad scene. Lots of bad things happened to this girl. It got reported up the chain to the Dodgers organization. And instead of calling in law enforcement, because we're talking about an actual crime here. Gabe Kapler says, I got this. Talks to the girl, right. talks to her grandma, tries to invite them both out to dinner with the players mm-hmm. who assaulted her. It was handled badly in a thousand and ten ways. And these things didn't really come up until after he was hired by the Phillies. It didn't come, it didn't really, you know, bubble up to the top much. I have to look into our back notes because I know we talked about this one because the the allegation by the Dodgers was that the grandmother was trying to blackmail them. But it's uh, it's way fuzzy, way fuzzier than that. Yeah, it was bad. Like the girl, I think, was a runaway and then mm-hmm. she disappeared again. And it was a lot of bad things happen, happened. And the journalists in the audience at Gabe Kapler's press conference didn't let it go. They want to hear more of it. Good and for to, them. And 
to be fair, Kapler handled it about as best as you can in that position. There were apologies. There were, you know, I want to make it right. I have learned lessons from this. And as we've said before, you know, prove it. But the words right. were okay. Now, Buster Posey, my my former Giants boyfriend, who I adore, and a lot of people do, he's kind of universally loved, I think, in general. Um, to his discredit, he was in the interviews with Gabe Kapler and said, he sounds pretty good. Really? Yeah, he I was, I, I think, like one of the only players who was part of the interview process for new managers. Um, and he was at the press conference. And the way he tells it, he was kind of unaware of the whole scandal thing until that press conference. Really? Now that's more surprising than anything. And when he heard these things, let me tell you what Buster Posey, my former boyfriend, said. He said, my biggest takeaway is the alleged victims are the ones that we have to keep in mind throughout the whole thing. That's the biggest thing, I think, is just figuring out why it happened, how it happened, and doing the best you can to support who it happened to. So uh, the longer quote includes, mm-hmm. we got to prevent this from happening again. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Yeah. So he's he. I, I'm really proud that he didn't just say, oh, yeah, don't worry about that. That's in yeah. the past. He didn't say, we're going to move on from it. He said, we're going to move forward and keep this in the forefront so we can stop this from happening and handle Handle it better if we can't even, but try to prevent it from happening at all. Yeah, but Gabe, uh, Gabe Kapler definitely has some questions to answer on this, as does the Dodgers organization. Right. I mean, there are players in there who took part in this who are still there. And yeah, that's that's an issue. So um, what a friend friend of the pod, um, Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Says on the bright side, she has another National League team to like. You know, Yay. you know what team that is. Yeah, that, that that's our ours. team. But also, she's got the A's, so that's going to be okay. But she joined our club of providing middle names for for people, and <laughs> she said that Gabe Kapler is in in her mind has changed his name formally to Gabe Fucking Kapler. And I totally approve of that. That is awesome, Deborah. That's right there. I, I feel like Grasshopper has you know learned the lessons. That's, that's great. <laughs> I'm going to skip over this talk about fucking skip over this next topic quickly because I get no more points at the beginning of the season. We both made these predictions and at our last predictions check where we went over who we thought was going to win each division and the World Series. Yeah, the team awards. Yeah. Yeah. You beat me by points. There were multiple points. You were ahead of there me. Were. I didn't go back and look at the score because you were ahead and now you're ahead by another point because I did not pick MVP. I had Mookie Betts and Nolan Arenado. Nope, neither one of those. Rookie of the Year, I did not pick Vladimir uh, Guerrero, I thought, or Tatis Jr., injured. And Cy Young, I totally bombed on, although Scherzer was close, but Sale was not. I got one point, one point only for Pete Alonso. That's a who, big point, though. He was a big point, but you know what? A couple of the people that um, showed up, well, American League Rookie of the Year, um, Yonder Alonso, right? Um, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Wasn't even playing when That's we made right. our predictions. Mm-hmm. So the rookie thing, I wonder if I wonder if we should pick that later because That's a good point. Because guys get called up. And so I mean Pete started at the beginning and I want to give the Mets credit for that. Mm-hmm. They could have suppressed him as like service time. Right. And brought him up later, but they brought him up to be at the right at the beginning and he was producing from them from the beginning. And he's an award winner. And so yay for Pete Alonso. And so um, it looks like I won the predictions by whatever I had before, plus one. I think we need a crown for you. I'd like a crown. We need a crown. I would be so nice in a crown. Can't, crowns cost money. If only we had raises like Major League Baseball has raises, the uh, the player's agreement has the 
the basic pay rate, the bottom pay rate tied to um, the CPI, Consumer Price Index, right? Okay. And a lot of a lot of unions use that. That's, you know, when there's going to be like an annual raise, it gets tied to the Consumer Price Index. Well, because the um, the base rate for for major league players is half a million dollars. Nice. Over half a million dollars. Their raise is $8,500 for next year. I want to compare that to minor league teams. And there was an interesting thread on Twitter from a guy who's been in the minors for a long time who said $8,500 was way more than I was paid for entire years. And that's the raise for, for the major right, leagues. Just that yeah. raise. Um, on the other end of that, we told you at the beginning of the season that the Blue Jays gave their minor league players a 50% raise at the beginning of the season. And there was just an interview with a couple of those guys that benefited from those raises at the end of the season who said it really made a difference. We could focus more on baseball to be better players. We don't have to struggle so much. I mean, Mm -hmm. they, you know, do you have a gym membership? Sure, that's kind of a thing. But food, we're talking food. It's not like, can you afford to go to this posh place? They have to pay fees, you know, for the clubhouse and all of that. There's there's all of these expenses and this cushion is still, I mean, they're still going to be under poverty level, but they're, they've got just that Crazy. much more to breathe with. And one of the guys that helped make those raises happen is Ben Sherrington, who you know from the Red Sox, yes. who was integral in some of those Red Sox teams, you know, World mm-hmm. Series teams, Absolutely. right? Who the past two years was with the Blue Jays as the president of a baseball op. So he was part of the decision-making team that said, do this. He was just hired by the Pirates to be their new general manager. That's exciting. That's exciting. And I think he likes a small market team who needs to kind of come from behind. I, I think he likes the challenge of that, but also I'm kind of hopeful that he will share that minor league love that he showed to the Blue Jays organization with the Pirates organization. Spread the wealth. And now that they have a general manager, they can start working on finding a manager for the team. All right. Along the lines of money, 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 you've heard the phrase qualifying offer. I want to remind you what that means. A qualifying offer is what a team is the amount of money a team can offer a player who is about to enter free agency. It's calculated as a flat rate. It is the mean of the salary of the top 125 players. Last year, it was $17.5 million for one year. This year, it's $17.8 million for one year. That's a lot more than half a million what, or 8,500. That's right. When a, when a player takes that, instead of going into free agency, it's a one-year contract, and then that puts off their free agency for one more year. If the player declines that, say, Steven Strasburg or Garrett Cole, for instance, declined their qualifying offers. That means that the team that picks them will lose some number of of draft picks and the team that they left will gain a draft pick. One of the reasons that happens, so, so Garrett Cole, for instance, turned down his qualifying offer, say he goes to the Angels. The Angels will give up draft picks to say, we just snagged Garrett Cole. And the Astros will say, Sorry to see him go. Sorry, not sorry, but we got two more draft picks. The reason that that's part of the um, the the contract the, to keep teams a little bit competitive. So you can't get this guy that you bought, but also keep all of your high level draft picks so you can load your team. It's a way to try to even things out just a little bit. You're trading talent right now for, you know, your potential talent in the next couple of years, but you're not you don't get to keep all of that. Two guys 
took their qualifying offers this year. Um, Jake Odorizzi of the Twins, a pitcher, accepted his. And part of it is because you do have Strasburg and Garrett Cole and other superstar pitchers in this year's class of free agents. And he thinks he would... He doesn't want to have to compare himself to those guys. Learning from that crazy market last year. He absolutely said, you know, I watched Keuchel. Mm-hmm. And remember, Keuchel didn't get signed until June? Yeah, yeah it was well like into the season. Halfway through the season when it no longer had a um, a draft pick problem with it. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go one more year. $17.8 million for a one-year contract and then go into free agency against a class that's maybe not quite as, um, as competitive as this one. Jose Abreu, for instance, with the White Sox, accepted his because he's kind of in negotiations for a longer term contract and instead of with the White Sox I think he wants to stay with the White Sox and that's a thing too if you want to stay with the team there's got to be some give both ways and you know what he might be worth on the open market may not be that different from the 17.8 you know we we keep holding up Mike Moustakis and you know in previous year for turning that down and then getting re-signed for way lower than the 17 million dollars he would have gotten in a previous year for taking that once you take a qualifying offer that's it You can't do it anymore. It's a one-time deal. All right. I can continue with some other fun facts. Actually, I'm going to follow up on something that I started talking about last week, which was the Premier 12 tournament. So go back to the last podcast for the details. But it was a Olympic qualifying tournament that ended this past weekend. And it was mostly – actually, the the finals were all in Japan. But it was happening – Partly in Asia, the beginning of the opening round was a little bit in Mexico, but it was teams that were vying to qualify for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. That is the comeback of baseball in the Olympics. And gold went to Japan, silver went to Korea, and the bronze went to Mexico in the upset that you alluded to in our intro. wait. I thought Team USA was a shoo-in for one of these spots. Yeah, you know, I think we're all kind of brainwashed to think that that's going to happen, especially, you know, baseball being theoretically started here and all. Um, But, you know, Mexico beat the U.S. in the playoff game in the bottom of the 10th with bases loaded. So talk about a pressure situation. They had actually beaten the U.S. earlier, one other time in the opening round, 8-2. to So... Mexico did have a lot pulling for them. In the bottom of the ninth, though, I thought it was interesting that the game tying Homer was by Matthew Clark, and that's for Mexico. And I didn't think that name sounded very Mexican. Not so much. But it turns out, so the the way you can play for a team, and we talked about this with the World Baseball Classic, too, is you just have to have some sort of personal family connection there. You need to have... Some family, I think it's a first generation, like one of your parents had to be born there because his mom is Mexican. Obviously, his dad was not, but he's played all over. He started with the Padres in 08, and then he actually played for the 2011 U.S. Baseball National Team for the U.S. Baseball World Cup, and then he went to Japan, and then he came back and played in a variety of organizations, both a little bit in the majors, a little bit in the minors, Mets, Brewers, Cubs, then went to Mexico. And then back to Japan, and now is playing for a Mexican team. His dad was an MLB player for a lot of different teams, but including your Cleveland team. So I was thinking that was a little NCIB connection there. His dad played for Cleveland in the 90-somethings and uh, coached for Cleveland in the O-somethings. Yeah, I heard a fun fact that almost half the players on the Mexican team were born in the United States. Wow. That's a lot. I mean, I totally get the connections and absolutely and yet I find it fascinating also that he played 
you know, for the Baseball World Cup for U.S. in 2011, which reminds me a lot of the women's national team players who play on the national team for a long time. Yeah, not not so much. And I found out, we were talking about last week, like, where do these guys come from? It's Olympic rules. So they can't be current MLB players. They can be in the minors, but they can't be major level. And I'm not quite sure, like, how that's different with the U.S. than with other teams, because it seems like Japan does have a national team of professional players. So I don't know. Go figure on that. But I know that if you're in the MLB major level, you cannot play. Um, the U.S. does have another opportunity. So they're they, not forever, for they're, sure. There's it's a not forever, for sure. So not all the slots have been taken at this point. Apparently, there are six slots for the Olympics. I don't know why six, but Japan gets one because they're hosting. And then the there's one from the European-African contingent, and that was Israel in a huge upset that I totally missed at some tournament that happened earlier this year. So then slots three and four were supposed to come from this tournament. Um, and so is it, that Korea-Mexico then? Yep. Yeah, so that's Korea-Mexico. And so we still have two more slots. So slot number five is going to be coming from this America's tournament, which is going to be in Arizona in March. So you'd think that the U.S. on its own soil would have a good chance on that, but we'll see what happens. But then there's the sixth slot, which I think go, can go to anybody. I think it's a global Olympic, another tournament. I don't know when it's happening, but I think that's kind of like a wild card thing. So go figure. I did listen to some of the games, though. Did you Did you see any of them? I did not see any of them. I saw you posting that, hey, I just watched this game. And then I watched the clip that you posted. Does that count? Well, yeah, oh, totally. Okay. Well, there yes, yes, I watched some of the games. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't watch that much because the, the starting times were good for me for, for watching a couple innings. So they were either at 5 in the morning, so I would catch like the early innings, or they were at 10 at night, so I would also catch the early innings, oh, yeah. but not last too long. But I did learn some stuff by listening, and one was that they had this five-minute break at the end of the fifth inning, which happened in the middle of my trip to work, so I would be listening, and I wouldn't be able to play with my phone because I was driving and then I would oh shit it's the five minute break uh, again and so I had like five minutes of silence in my like coffee-less stupor on the way no, to work. that's not right because that's when you're trying to like multitask in right. a way that makes a lot of sense. And there was no singing take me out to the ball game at least like I could have gotten into that. Maybe I should have just sung to myself that's I totally should have. For five straight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> take I me out to the I hear, I hear comma is a good thing to sing for that baseball. That would have been so much better. Yeah. Other fun fact that I couldn't find out anything about is um they were talking about the umpires, as one does, and who's at each base. And there was a Venezuelan umpire whose name is Saya Silva, a woman. And they said, this is a historic thing, but they didn't explain why it was historic. I don't know if it was the first woman umpire for this tournament or if she's the first woman umpire. And I tried to look her up, and all I could find was that she graduated from ump camp. Ump in two, that sounds fun. I want to go to Ump Camp in fun. 2018. But it wasn't like this is the woman from Ump Camp. It was just like these are the graduates from Ump Camp in Venezuela. So I don't know. I don't know where her historicness um, originates, but it's pretty cool. We got. I, I, I'm going to keep looking around. I will keep you posted. I wonder if our that? listeners can help us. Maybe if they yeah. find something, they can they can send it into us. Please do, and then we can give them some credit for that. You know what else they could do for us? They could send us to Puerto Rico in a couple of weeks. Come on, folks. Don't oh, you want to send us? Oh, that would be awesome. We would be so funny, like reporting from beachside with little umbrellas because there's going to be this really cool event that we should be at. You want to hear our take on this. Trust me. It's the Yadier Molina Home Run Derby and Celebrity Soft 
softball game, and it's happening on December 14th. He started this a couple years ago to raise money after Maria, after the hurricane. Uh-huh. And he's just keeping it up to help disadvantaged youth in Puerto Rico. And the, the lineups are crazy, like just crazy good. So he's the captain. And of course, this is my former boyfriend from mm-hmm. the Cardinals. So I'm, I'm very attached to this guy. He's the captain of the Puerto Rican team. And they have folks like your guy Lindor, boyfriend. Javi Baez, boyfriend. Alex Cora from the from the Red Sox, um, Beltran, the aforementioned duo, Kike Hernandez, who's a boyfriend I totally miss from the Dodgers. And they're playing against a, a star team from the Dominican Republic. Captain is Robinson Cano, which was my boyfriend for a while before he got busted for drugs, and <laughs> Marcela Zuna, who is my boyfriend from from Phillies, right? Phillies, yeah. Uh, I'm going to just go with that. And Nelson Cruz, your guy. Boyfriend. And Pedro Martinez, Everybody's my fav- favorite. And and David Ortiz and Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, Juan Soto, my boyfriend this year wow. from the Nats. Fernando Tatis Jr. So, like, all these people in one time, can you imagine how much tickets are? So Tatis Jr. can play now? This is good. Apparently. Well, play softball. C- celebrity softball. Celebrity, celebrity softball. softball. How much are tickets? Five bucks. Five bucks. So here's I my. I would treat you for tickets. Here, I would totally treat you for tickets. This this is my my deal, dear listeners. You guys pay for airfare. We'll pay for tickets. How about that? It's, and then we'll just sleep on the beach. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll have to I make some friends. And they have like meet and greet tickets for a party the night before, which we really should go to. And the only way to get those though is to win them in the lottery. Ooh. So you just buy the five dollar tickets and you luck out and get the meet and greet or VIP seating is another lottery. So this is just fascinating to me. I really, really want to go. I'm in. I'm in. Thank you, benefactors. I'm sure you're on it. I'm sure you're, I can hear you writing your checks right now. Thank you for that. The Frederick Nationals. Wait a minute. Who are the Frederick Nationals? I I bet they're part of the Nationals organization in Frederick, Maryland, because I've been there. There's a brewery there. Except that they are part of the Nationals organization in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Oh, shit. I bet there's a brewery there. Frederick Keys. That's the, I knew there was baseball Can I tell you about the Frederick Keys for a second? Yeah. Chopping block. You know, the 42 teams oh. that might get cut, the Frederick Keys are on that list. Ouch. That list was just in the New York Times. All right, so we'll just go for check the brewery out. Yeah, so back Is there to, a brewery in Fredericksburg? Probably. All probably right. a couple of them. The important other things about Fredericksburg is what used to be the Potomac Nats, the Peanuts, moved from their, wrong. <laughs> from their sort of falling apart stadium to a, um, a stadium that's being built from a new, brand new ballpark in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And they're going to be called the Fred Nats. But the reason we're talking about them is their secondary logo is groundbreaking. You want to hear why? Oh, yeah. I Mar- like logos. Mary Washington. You know, Mary Washington is not Martha Washington, but Mary Washington. Uh, I know. Mother no, no. of George Washington. Oh, wow. The mother, the father of the country. Yes. The, the grandmother so of the, the country. grandma of the country. <laughs> she is. We so should know her. America's grandma is now a secondary uh, logo. For the Fred Nats, they have created an, a logo of her as a left-handed pitcher. It's fantastic. And she's a lefty to boot. That's cool. She is a lefty. So Mary Washington College is in Fredericksburg. The cherry tree, which the father of our country is supposed to have cut down, is in Fredericksburg. So the other secondary logo is George Washington with a, an axe over his shoulder as if he were swinging a bat. The reason they made Mary left-handed is so they could put the two logos together and it would appear she was pitching to him. 
Nice. Yeah, but they were both, you know, facing forward mm-hmm. for the merch, right? Very fun. There is a belief by the people who run this design and logo uh, website that this is the only baseball team to have a woman pictured as part of its team identity. Women like, picture, pictured, pictured. Yeah, a picture, pictured. pictured. But yeah, any woman, pictured. not just a picture. Pictured. Gotcha. Not just a picture, pictured, pictured but, yeah. you know, any woman mm-hmm. at all. That's very cool. And they made a point of saying it's a secondary logo, but it's not an alternate identity like the fun cup or like, mm. you, know, you know, the Rochester Red Wings being the plates on Thursdays and those kinds of things. No, this is a real logo that they are going to use. I checked their team store. They don't have Mary Gear yet, but they just really announced it. So I'm going to keep watch for Mary Gear because I need some Mary Gear. Totally. We are going to close with some cross training with men's hockey. You know I love the men's ice hockey. The Capitals, the Washington Capitals, have started in specific individual goal songs for each of their players. A lot of teams have a song that they play for any time a goal is scored, but it's the same song over and over again. The Nats, because of, may I just say, TJ Oshie, my Capitals boyfriend. I have a Capitals boyfriend. Isn't he the guy who drank through his shirt? Yes. Okay. I, I'm all behind I was going to say that wasn't a criticism, totally. was it? No, right? not at all. So he's kind of like the Anthony Rendon of the Caps in that all the moms like him. <laughs> all the moms say, oh, him. I love him. Okay. I don't know why. But he loves walk-up songs. He's a baseball fan. He's always been after, like, he likes what, listening to the walk-up songs that the players pick and said, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. So finally, the Capitals are doing this. They have a different song for each guy. Some of them have been selected by the players. Some of them, the players haven't come up with their own thing because it's brand new. But Oshi himself says, and I think he maybe like read our stuff about walk-up songs or listen to us about walk-up songs because he said, there's different ways to pick a goal song. It's either something that's important to you and gets you going or gets the crowd going. And here's how he picked his song. So I figured the best part of playing in front of our fans is them getting involved. Thank you, Oshi. That's very sweet. And I figured everyone, or at least most everyone, knows at least the chorus of Country Roads. Take Me Home Country Roads is TJ Oshi's goal song in a hockey rink, which I think is freaking hysterical. That is bizarre. You've got your Survivor Eye of the Tiger. You've got your White Snake. You've got all this stuff. And you've got a John Denver song. And I am here for it. An interesting caveat that was given to the players by the team is you can have English songs, French songs, and Spanish songs, but no Russian songs. No, I don't know why. Uh huh. All right, I'm just gonna leave that one there. All right. So, um, is there any baseball this week? Oh shit! Yeah. Well, there is in other countries. the The Venezuelan league is going. The Dominican league. The Puerto Rican league. Mexican winter ball. There's definitely stuff that I will look into, and I will say something about next week, especially because Fernando Tatis Jr. We talked about him last week getting off of his team. Go back to last week's episode for the details. But he has been asked to transfer to a new team. All right. So stay tuned. Stay to tuned soap for opera. that. Well, then you've got some time to kill, dear listeners, so maybe catch up on some back episodes. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a second to rate or review, we would appreciate that, as well as please tell your friends all about us. And Potty Mouth, where can they find us on social media? Oh, yeah. On Twitter, find us at NCIB Podcast. And on Facebook at and Instagram, we're at No Crying and B-Ball, or just go to the website at NoCryingAndBball.com. You got lots of episodes there to keep you busy. All right. Well, we're going to finish our cocktails. And until then, say say good night, potty mouth. (laughs) Good night, potty mouth.